Good morning, everyone. Good to see you all. What a day that was yesterday. I was there. Spurs won a game. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh dear, I'm joking. It might be a little bit um, gruff this morning because I did cheer uh, as a goal went in. But no, look, I'm reflecting. Yeah, yesterday, just just watching the coronation, just taking that time out to to watch it and and hearing all of the commentators and hearing all the build up. And, and not kind of knowing what to expect. And actually, I've, I was quite blessed. I was just chatting to Mary earlier on, and, and, and the content of the actual service, of how Christian it was, uh, and, and the promises that were made. Um, it, it was fascinating. And myself, as, as, as Charles and Camilla were coming out of Buckingham Palace, you know, we looked at him waving, and Kate said, that's a proper granddad wave, that is. <laughs> that's a... <laughs> and it was it was refreshing. It was just lovely. And I know I know there's lots of stuff that kind of, of of people have been saying. I've heard lots of different voices over the last few weeks about what was going to happen yesterday. And uh, there've been some voices that you know Christian, non-Christians, but some Christians saying they actively were praying against the coronation, and and actually he isn't my king. And that's from Christians kind of stuff. And, and I know there were all the protests and everything else. And I know for some, they're not too bothered uh, about, you know, what, what happened yesterday and, and King Charles. And, and I just, as he was walking down uh, the aisle, there was that smile on his face. And it was almost like, oh dear, I thought this never would happen. It's happening now. And there was this little smile and as he looked over to his family, and you have to remember that. He's still a human being. These are still people. Yes, they might be very wealthy and uh, have all those, those kind of luxuries. But I know there were some that were annoyed maybe at some of the words that might have been said or were going to be said uh, in, in some of those vows. And, and as I just kind of reflected on, on that service, I just couldn't help but think, God, you were all over this. Thank you. You know, you were all over this. You know, Justin Welby led really well. It's lovely to see different people from different um, denominations within the Christian uh, um, kind of world and, and, and what's kind of like going on there. And I, with all these voices and everything else, as I reflected on it, I felt a voice saying to me, especially with some of the criticism, etc., is this of love? Is this of grace? Is this of mercy and forgiveness? Charles is a flawed king. We're flawed people. Okay? He's a flawed king. He's made mistakes. Do we hold that over him still? Or should we be forgiving? Well, I think I know what Christ calls us to do. We celebrate and read the Psalms, don't we? Written by a flawed king who made some mistakes yet he was a man after God's heart and I just wonder actually I know Dave has prayed but I think it's really important for us that we're called to pray for our leaders for each other and for our king and in 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 to 4 as Paul is is urging Timothy he says I urge then first of all that petitions 
prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Saviour, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. We're to pray for kings and those in authority. Whether you agree with the king being instated, whether you agree with our current government, we're called by scripture to pray for them. It's as simple as that. We're called to live quiet and peaceful lives in godliness and holiness, not mumbling, grumbling and judging, which is what I think we're really good at sometimes. So regardless of how you think about King Charles, I want to stop and pray for him again and pray for us as well. So let's do that. Father God, as as we've already prayed this morning, We thank you, Father, for what happened yesterday. Father, we thank you for your gospel message that went out not just to our land, but globally. Father, there was an invitation to come to know you, uh, the good news of Jesus. And Father, we need to celebrate that and say, Lord, for those that heard your gospel message yesterday, would you just sink that seed deep into their lives? And by your spirit, would you water it, Father? Father, that it would be that people would come to Christ because of a coronation of an earthly king. Wow. Father, help us to pray for King Charles and Queen Camilla. Father, whether we agree with with everything that's kind of happened in their lives or not, Lord, we're asked to pray for them, so we do that. And would you help us to pray for them? And pray also for our government, Father. For wisdom for insight, for knowledge that is of the King of Kings, so that they may govern diligently and well. Lord, bless them now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, a few months back, I stumbled across a preacher on TikTok. See, that's how down with the kids I am. Uh, And he was giving a brief uh, sermon on this picture. Hopefully it will come up. Can we see that? Might need to close that curtain, actually, if that's... Dave, you got it? Thanks. See, I can see it really well up there, but it's a bit... There we go. That's a bit better. Has anybody seen this picture or heard of it before? Oh, that's good. (laughs) I was thinking if one of you might have done, you didn't know what I'm going to talk about, and I'd have told you to be quiet and go outside or something like that, you know, because... I, I, I listened to this preach, and I've never heard it before, I've never seen it before, but actually Billy Graham has, has preached on this picture. And I was kind of like, ooh, okay. So it's a famous painting by a German painter called Moritz Rich, if that's the, his name. It's called Checkmate, or Game of Life. There they are, playing chess. The depiction of a young man playing chess with the devil. And by the look on his face, he's about to lose the game, head in hand. There's an angel looking on. The devil's actually not looking at the chessboard. He's looking directly at the young man. 
There's a little bit of a, a wry kind of smile in there, I think, probably more like a Mona Lisa smile from the devil, just thinking, I've got you. I've got you here. He's staring intently because he knows that this young man is about to lose. Now, the story goes, and you can go on the internet and you can Google this and look at it, that it's meant to be, that it's a, a kind of like a story that, that this, was, this painting was hung in the Louvre um, uh, in, in France. And, and it went that there was a grandmaster chess player that was walking through the museum and he stopped and saw this. Now, it's a little bit of a popular one. I actually did a little bit of research because I just wanted to make sure. And it possibly more likely turned out that it was in the house, the big house of somebody that this chess master had gone to. And uh, this picture was on the wall. And the chess champion was possibly a guy called Paul Morphy. And uh, as he walked past the painting, he stopped and focused on it. And it was called Checkmate. And we know a checkmate, that's it. You're done. If you've ever played chess before, I've, I've forayed into playing chess when I was younger. Couldn't work it out, couldn't get it. It's just, you know, where, where do they shoot each other and do they go, what way do they go around the board and everything kind of thing. And never quite got on with it. But I do know that checkmate, that's it, it's over. And he walked past this, this, this painting and he stopped and he studied it and he said, that's titled wrongly. It's got the wrong title because the young man's not actually in checkmate. And as he kind of like studied it, um, he said, there's actually one more move that that young man has got. And they tried, um, they, they got a chessboard out and they, they configured it, put it all together, and they're going around and they says, right, okay, what do we do? And, and the grandmaster did this move. And it meant that actually the young man won. And the devil was defeated. And they got they they set it up again. It's just double check. This double check. They did it again, and it was the same scenario. And the game against the devil was won with one more move from the king. I repeat that. The game against the devil was won with one more move. From the king. Do I get a hallelujah or an amen with that one? Because that's pretty substantial stuff, isn't it? When you look back at scripture, you see that God always has one more move. The Israelites were hemmed in at the sea with the Egyptian army chasing after them. It was checkmate. But God had one more move and parted the waves. Goliath stood before the armies of Israel. That's checkmate with that fella. But God had one more move in a small boy called David who went on to be a king. Daniel was in the lion's den. Now that's a definite checkmate if you ask me. But God had one more move as he closed the mouths of the lions. Jesus hung upon a cross. The devil's final checkmate. But God had one more move. Resurrection. And the devil was defeated. 
You see where I'm going here? The king always has one more move. Our saviour always has one more move. And we can live lives that can sometimes feel like it's a game of chess. Pieces moving around the board and we are trying to win this game of life. And sometimes we feel like we are in checkmate in certain situations. But the King of Kings always has one more move. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know how things are going for you. In life, in your relationship with God, in family situations, in work situations, in street situations, whatever it might be. I do not know where you're at and what you're dealing with. And you may feel this morning that your back is up against the wall. You may feel like you are in checkmate and you're about to lose. I want to encourage you and say the king has got one more move for all of us. He always has one more move. We're never at the end of anything. God is always there with his king saying, no, you're not going to lose. Turn to me, I've got this. I want to focus on that during communion as we, as we come to the table in a little bit. Charles's coronation theme was titled Call to Serve. Didn't know if you knew that there was an actual theme to the coronation, but there was, and it was titled Call to Serve. That was what he felt when he spoken to Justin Welby about the Christ that came to serve us, the king, the servant king that came to serve us. But he wanted to mirror that, to serve his nation. And we always look, don't we, to, to, to Jesus, the servant king, and that's how we should live in serving others. That's what we're called to do. Not to be served, but to serve. And we need to continue to pray for Charles as he aims to fulfil that promise. But also, we also need to serve as well. It's not just the king's job. It's our job to serve as well. But that king has also got, that that heavenly king has got one more move on this earth. And it's called his return. And I want to read Revelation 19 because we we, we read of of Jesus in certain ways in scripture and, and then we don't really read out like Revelation and, and, and how Jesus is going to kind of come back. So could you stick that up and we'll just read that. I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. 
On his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Do we see Jesus as that warrior king? Because that's his one more move. He's coming back. And he will reign. In communion we read, don't we, where he says, I won't drink of this cup and eat of this until I am with you in my Father's kingdom. That's what we're reading about there, where he comes back. He takes us back. We live with him forever. We're called to be servants in our world like Christ the servant king, but make no mistake, he has one more move. He will return as a warrior king to bring his heavenly rule on earth and we will be with him forever. Amen? So just think about that thing. Where do you need one more move of the king? in your life? What situation is going on where you need the King of Kings to come in to do that bit of rescue at this time? Let us pray. Yeah, Father God, I just want to thank you that Jesus is called Saviour for a a reason, that we have been saved from eternal death, that we can have eternal life. And Father, I I thank you that whilst, whilst we see you in Scripture as a servant king, that one final move of you returning as a warrior king to redeem your people, to redeem this world, to bring your rule. Father, as we see the rule of an earthly king yesterday, Father, the magnificence of all of that compares to nothing to what we'll see in that final reign of Christ. And Lord, I thank you that we will be part of that. Father, for some maybe that are here this morning, or watching online, wherever they're at watching this, they may feel that it's checkmate for whatever situation it is. And Father, I pray right now, that by your Holy Spirit, you bring one more move into their life and you rescue them. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.